Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together twice a week and discuss what we're chewing on in God's Word. This week we have Jamie Harms. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing so good. Jamie, you are the Director of Women's Ministry here, mm-hmm. and you have come with a clipboard, as you always do. Yes. You, you're you're an organized woman. I, I live by my clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you chewing on in God's Word this week? Yes, well, um, as of late, I've been spending a lot of time in First Thessalonians um, in preparation for Women's Bible Study that's going to be coming up here this coming week. And so I'm really looking forward to jumping into First Thessalonians with the ladies and learning from them too. But one of the things that I've noticed as I've read and reread and reread First Thessalonians in studying this last week was just one of the themes um, being hope. And hope in the fact that Christ is coming. I think in all five chapters of Thessalonians, it's mentioned that Christ is coming and to have hope in that. In fact, twice it even says, use these words to encourage one another. Mm. And so I, I know for me, just in this changing of the seasons with school starting and everything looking new and maybe not quite normal that we had hoped, it's kind of deflating. And part of that is because our hope is deferred. It's it's not something that is set in in who Christ is. It's hope that things would look normal for us. And so where should we put our hope? What does that look like? So that's that's kind of what I've been chewing on this week with the idea of hope. And how do we live as ones with hope, not without hope in a hopeless world? Boy, that that doesn't sound timely at all. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how God's word does that to you. <laughs> Wait a minute, I needed this. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, what a great time to explore that when, Mm -hmm. you know, even when things are going well, those messages are no less true. But now, I mean, hope is probably the least marketed word we would we would describe. <laughs> yes. And it's it's one of those where we desperately need it. And I'm just reminded of the verse in Hebrews 6 which talks about the anchor for our souls being the hope that is goes behind that curtain that is the Jesus and and it was what grounds us even when our circumstances around us might feel like a storm. Yeah. And so hope hope is a, is a necessary thing and it's a gift that's been given to us by God because of who he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it really is something. Without that, you feel the, um, you know, the decay or the, or the, just the shriveling of the soul. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of lose grasp on on anything important in life without exactly. hope. Well, in Proverbs thirteen twelve talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick. Right. But the desires that come is a tree of life. And so, you know, we, we, we've experienced the hope being deferred, and we know the heaviness that that brings, but we don't have to live as ones without hope. Yeah. And so, you know, just going back to, you know, good old Webster's and their definition, as well as Strong's, you know, hope is something that is, is anticipated. There's an expectation. And um, I, as I was reading and studying First Thessalonians, the thing that kept coming up about hope was it allows us to view our present life through the lens of God's promises. Mm. And those are something that is not based on our feelings, but is yeah. something that is sure because we know the character of God. Yeah, so good. And I am always reminded of uh, some of the examples we have of the way God talks. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks in the present tense as if something has already been accomplished, even though it's a future event. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that the faithfulness is 
is that reliable that he can say it as though it's already done. Mm-hmm. Well, in one of my many rabbit trails as I've been going through Thessalonians and hope and like, well, what are the promises of God? And just looking back at the promises he's made to Israel throughout the whole Old Testament, and so many of those are reflected in the New Testament to us and the church, and and that Jesus is the same, or God is the same book back then and now, and he has been faithful to his promises, and so many of his promises we've seen fulfilled that we can say with expectation and certainty that he will follow through with the promises that he still has with us. And that is where our hope lies. That's beautiful. I think, um, you know, you mentioned uh, that it's kind of a forward looking, Mm -hmm. you know, the beginning of Jesus returning. And I, I know at least in my experience within, within, you know, the various churches I've been a part of, um, a lot of times the eschatological or, or end times view is Mm -hmm. one of, terror and kind of fear mm-hmm. and, and all these things. And, you know, depending on, on your eschatology, um, whether you think we'll go through the tribulation or not, regardless, like we were, we were always supposed to look forward, hopefully like mm-hmm. Jesus is coming back. This is good news. Yes. Well, there is an element where hope is translated, where it's an expectation of something that is, is evil or fearful. Mm. And so when we do look in those eschatology, <laughs> I can't speak, <laughs> those end time um, pieces, our God is powerful. There is an element of to be feared. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, almost, I, I want to say or like 90% of the translations are anticipation with pleasure mm. and with ex- eager expectation. And so, yes, I think that we have to remember that our God is a God that we can expect that is powerful to be feared, but at yeah. the same time, he's a God who loves us. And so he is the one who has forgiven us, who's coming back for us, who's giving us this abundant life, who's sent his spirit as his comfort and his guide and, and all of these different things. So yes, as we look towards the end times, there's, for us, there's a, an eager expectation and hope, but there, for a lot of people, there's also that expectation and fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, for, for those who are outside of Christ, they don't get to look forward to what we get to look forward to. And I certainly think that should be a motivator for us who are a part of the body of Christ to go, go, make exactly. disciples, spread the word, you know. I think of Jesus's ministry and John the Baptist's ministry, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. You know, this is here, it's coming. It's here and now and it's coming. Yeah. And so we get the joy of living in both mm-hmm. and getting to see that. And that's one of the reasons why I think First Thessalonians fits in so well with the discipleship series that we're doing, because we see bits and pieces of that here. You know, this is the hope that we have, and we want to share this hope with others and encourage those who are believers to remember this hope because this is what's coming. And while this life here is hard. This isn't the end for us. Yeah. I think you touched on something essential. I mean, we would both agree that hope is an essential part of mm-hmm. our existence. Yes. Um, but I, I'm often reminded of, you know, what what is it, what are the barriers people experience in discipleship, in evangelism, in fulfilling their role mm-hmm. here on earth? You know, we oftentimes are looking forward and there's the saying, you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good and vice versa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that that hope is is a key piece that people could be missing that's holding them back from doing what, you know, is is not only best for them, but best for the people around them that glorifies God the most in terms of our mission on earth? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's part of what Paul is addressing the, the Thessalonians with. And so I, I think there's an element um, of the present and the future, and you have to live in the present with the future in mind and not in the future. 
And so we have to live in the present, what we are doing right now, and knowing that Christ is coming again, but our actions and how we live our life is in the present. So we have a responsibility right here and right now. Yes. Even though our hope is set and secure forward. For the forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. So um, what is what is something you would challenge people with who are, you know, they're they're like everybody else. They wake up, they do the same mm-hmm. thing. You know, I, I made a joke to my wife the other day because uh, my wife is a stay-at-home uh, wife and mom, and she takes excellent care of our three little girls. She does. But uh, we're both a big fan of Nacho Libre, and I, I <laughs> quoted to her, I said, I wake up, I make soup, my life is great, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those people who are like, you know, they're hearing all the bad news out in the world, yes. their life is mundane and repetitive, what do you want to say and challenge them with? Mm-hmm. The more I've been sitting with the idea of hope this week, I would challenge those who are listening to consider what are God's characteristics? What do you know about who God is and what has He promised? Because when we see what's going on around us in light of the, of who God is, that helps us figure out how to act and also how to praise our God. It allows us to see Him working. And so when we see that our God is a God of love and justice— how do we function with love and justice with what's been put in front of us today? We know that our God is all-knowing and we are not, but we know that He's trustworthy. Then this this thing that I can't grasp and is causing me so much craziness over here, I can release because He knows all of it and He is trustworthy. So knowing who God is allows us, I think, to put our hope in a, such a place that it's anchored Um, based on our circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the flip side of that coin too, one thing I I think goes hand in hand in my thoughts when I think about who God is, is I often reflect about who I am. Exactly. And I, you know, I think the, I've often reduced it and, you know, it's probably juvenile to reduce it this far, but um, that most of our problems are a, a lack of perspective on who God is or, or, or a wrong perspective on who God yes. is and a wrong perspective on who we are. Yes. You know, so whether we are, we think too highly of ourselves and not highly enough of him, um, you know, those are problematic for our lives. It is. And it starts with a right knowledge of who God is. When we have a right knowledge of who God is, then we can see ourselves rightly for who we are, both as sinners and in Christ. And so that allows us to then... Um, recognize our own sin and recognize who we are and how much we are loved and, and the new creation piece and the workmanship of God that he's still working in us as well. Yeah. That's super insightful because mm-hmm. we don't, we don't need to be reminded, you know, to take agency and take control and stress and, you know, uh, be the air quotes uh, master and commander of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of a natural mm-hmm. proclivity we have as humans, but to start with, who is God, mm-hmm. and then allow that to kind of fall on the ideas and the fears that drive who we think we are. Exactly. And I think if we if we could just remember the affection you know Jesus has towards children and the faith like a child, mm-hmm. um, I think there's an endearing element of that of thinking of ourselves as children in the Father's hands. Mm-hmm. And you know, for some of us, we don't have a, a worldly representation of that because of our parentage. But but I think there is when you get those identities in the proper context. Yes. Um, there's such a great comfort and hope that comes there. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> awesome. Jamie, it is always a pleasure. You are so encouraging and insightful. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Well, thank you.
Thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.